Kelly McNeil, nice to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Caleb. It's nice to be here. I was hoping you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, how you got interested in the snow and avalanche realm and, and through what means that happened and um, you know why you're excited to be a guest host on the Avalanche Hour podcast. All right, perfect. Well, I am extremely excited to be a host um, for a number of different reasons, but we'll start with um, kind of my background and then how I got to be where I am right now. Um, so I grew up on a 12,000 acre ranch in Northeastern Wyoming. Um, we had snowmobiles um, around the ranch so that we could gather the cows in the wintertime. Um, I learned how to ski in South Dakota at Terry Peak. Um, that was the closest ski hill to where I grew up in, um, in Wyoming. Uh, my family is, was, is and was extremely motorized specific. Um, I got my first motorcycle when I was three. It fit underneath the Christmas tree. Um, that's, it was a little Yamaha Zinger. <laughs> and um, I was the best, to this day, probably the best Christmas present that I ever got. My sister and I took it out that day, uh, rode around on the snow with our snow suits and our helmets on um, because we were just so excited to be part of that. My dad was a motocross racer and raced snowmobiles. So um, having that component of our, or being part of that with my dad and my family was, was really important. Um, we spent a ton of time growing up over in the Bighorn Mountains outside of uh, Buffalo, Sheridan, Wyoming. Um, we had a cabin up there, so we spent all winter up there snowmobiling around and in the, winter, um, in the summertime riding motorcycles um, up and down the mountain. Uh, when I um, graduated high school, I went to the University of Montana to run uh, cross country and track there. So I was there for five years and I didn't get to ride motorcycles or snowmobiles and or really ski at that point. Um, I was very focused on running and keeping that scholarship. Um, after that, I took a year off and worked at a specialty running shoe store and really just started riding, riding bikes a little bit more. I then decided to do my master's degree at the University of Oklahoma. So left the mountains. It was uh, really, really sad and hard for me to do, but I knew it was just going to be two years. So I spent two years there um, getting a degree in health promotion. Um, so it's kind of like community health, public health. And I was really focused on looking at behaviors and how much information do we need to give to people for them to fully understand um, what is meant by some recommendations that are set out. So um, I spent my time doing that with my master's degree. Um, as soon as I graduated, I walked across the stage and I got in my car and was taking my cap and gown off and heading right back to Missoula. So um, at that point, I knew I couldn't really live anywhere that didn't have mountains. Um, I went back to Missoula and I worked at the Missoula City County Health Department for three years um, doing public health kind of health promotion through tobacco prevention for a year and then obesity prevention for two years. Um, I was also coaching cross country and track at one of the high schools down in the Bitterroot and teaching as an adjunct and also working at the Ready Shoe store and then teaching some fitness classes um, during that time. So it was a pretty busy time. That's actually when I went on my first backcountry ski trip. Um, my buddy Coulter and I went and rented some AT Trekkers and went up to Lolo Pass and spent the day kind of hiking up. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. Like you get this really good workout, plus you get to ski down. And so then I was like, wow, oh, I, I definitely need to look at getting a set of 
set of these. This is awesome. Um, then I decided to go um, get my PhD because I um, I worked for for those years and and I was just still really interested in behaviors, and I love teaching, so I kind of wanted to to pursue that avenue for a little bit. Um, so I loaded up my stuff and moved out to Corvallis, Oregon, and did my PhD at uh, OSU. And during that time, I was studying kind of policies and procedures with public health. So what do we need to do? What kind of policies and procedures do we need to implement in order to help different organizations or communities change behaviors? Um, I graduated from there and I moved out to La Grande, Oregon to teach at Eastern Oregon University. And I have been here for nine years now teaching at the university. Um, the second I got out here, I started um, volunteering for the Willow Avalanche Center um, in 2012. And that kind of intrigued me. And I really love um, loved being part of that community. When I was at OSU, I took my first level one avalanche course and thought, wow, this is so cool because this is this is kind of public health. This is this is changing people's behaviors. It's giving them knowledge and trying to teach them um, new knowledge plus um, in order to change their behaviors. So what kind of decisions do you make? And that's really what I had been studying for all those years, just focusing on different aspects of that. So I got out here, I took a level two, um, and I was just like, this is, this is so great because I've got this, you know, this, this personal passion plus this professional background and knowledge to connect the two together. Um, I, then I met my husband, um, and he is a, an IFMGA guide and, and one of the four, or the, the director of the Avalanche Center out here. And it really just, I mean, became really engrossed with the industry and making connections. Um, when I met him, he didn't know really how to snowmobile. He'd only ridden a four-stroke. So um, he didn't realize how fun that it could be. And so I kind of introduced him to snowmobiling a little bit more. And then we started getting started getting back into it. Um, I hadn't snowmobiled for a long time just because of the life journey that I had taken. It didn't really lead to that. But moving back out here in Eastern Oregon, I have these amazing mountains that were really close and a great community. And so um, ended up purchasing a newer snowmobile and getting rid of the 1986 Yamaha Exciter and trying to upgrade a little bit from there. And then we both kind of got into it. Um, I started pursuing my avalanche education, took my pro one, and then realized that um, I just really, really love being part of the motorized community and teaching the motorized classes. So I took my instructor training course this year out in Jackson uh, with the motorized group. And it has just been an incredible experience since then. Awesome. It seems like there are some pretty evident parallels between um, getting information out to the recreating public through avalanche bulletins and um, kind of doing some of the, the work that you've done in the past to get the word out about public health. And, and it seems even more evident with the COVID pandemic, hey? There's, there's a lot of parallels um, when we talk about public health and we talk about forecasting and avalanche education. Um, so one of the things when I was doing my master's degree, there's a, there's a recommendation for physical activity 
that we have out there in the United States, like a food recommendation, but it's how much physical activity should we be getting in order to receive health benefits? And so I spent my time looking at how much information do we really need to give people for them to fully understand what is meant by uh, 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week. And do people really understand what moderate intensity physical activity is? Do I need to show them or can I just tell them what it is? So what kind of information do we need to start making videos for people to understand this? Do we need to walk with them every time we tell them what the recommendation is based on their heart rate? So my study showed that we really just telling somebody what they what the recommendation is actually is not enough to to change that behavior or to understand what it means to to do this certain behavior. And so that's where I really started thinking, you know, it, when it comes to forecasting and when it comes to avalanche education, how much information do we really need to be giving to people for them to actually understand what, what we're saying in a forecast? Um, so right now, uh, the Willow Avalanche Center and I, um, Victor McNeil and I are working on um, a survey to try to figure out how much information do we need to give and are people really understanding what they are reading in the forecast and looking at, you know, which, if there is no danger rating in a forecast, what is the next thing that someone looks at and how do they interpret that information? And then what are their behaviors that once they read that, what do they go out and do? And I think there's such a connection between public health, community health, health promotion, and this messaging, because really forecasting, and avalanche education is public health. We're trying to prevent people from hurting themselves or harming themselves even more. I mean, that's just like wearing a seatbelt or wearing a mask or social distancing. We're trying to educate people on behaviors that they can do so that they can stay safe. All right. Well, that's really exciting. We look forward to hearing about some of the results from that survey that you've gathered. Uh, thanks for that work that you're doing. Kelly, I was hoping to hear why you're excited to contribute to the Avalanche Hour podcast and some of the interviews that you have planned or have already done for the season. Yeah, I think um, being part of the motorized world and especially as a female instructor in the motorized avalanche world, um, I am extremely excited to just talk to more people. This is a newer, I mean, this is a newer kind of, specialization that we're, we're putting out there. And so to be on the, the ground floor of that, you know, we've, we've been teaching avalanche courses for so long on skis, but to actually connect with this community that is really close to my heart, the way I grew up, um, just the amount, the people that are excited and passionate about avalanche education and spreading that word to the motorized users, watching the motorized users be so thankful and excited that there are classes for them, that there are people teaching on snowmobiles, that they don't have to wear snowshoes um, is really, really exciting and fun and special for me to be part of that community. Um, I have an interview with um, Jeff Hamilton, who was one of the instructors at my instructor training course. Um, he's a fantastic human being. We had a great conversation. I'm excited about my interview with uh, Duncan Lee as someone that is a pro snowmobiler that's also pushing education and is an incredible instructor and was an instructor on my course as well. 
And then um, talking with Matt and Will from the Mountain Writing Lab out of uh, Jackson, that was a super fun conversation and how they have built a business around educating the motorized community and all the all of the work and outreach and kind of the growing pains that that um, was for them. So just connecting with this group, it's a very enthusiastic uh, group. They're very connected and they are doing such amazing things for the motorized community. That sounds like some great contributions that you've worked hard to, to put together for us. So we look forward to rolling those out here um, in the spring of 21. So um, thanks again for for the hard work that you've put in and, and your contributions to the podcast. And we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Well, thank you, Caleb. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the opportunity and especially having someone um, talking to the motorized community. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.